never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends What a weak device to test to put the rest of your fears There's no need to panic if you let miss your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd You know what that means. It's another episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things, everything, the podcast where we talk about all things comics, all things movies, all things toys, all things Lego, all things books, all things video games, and the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Boris, and this week I'm joined by Phil. Hello, hello. How is everything going? And Tyler. Hey yo! Looking at numbers going up and down. Pretty much. Mm. That's been the week. That's been the week. What a week it's been. All right, guys. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the stock markets because that's the type of show we are. We're going to be touching on a news item that we that we left out last week just because of timing, and that's the Capcom breach. We're going to be talking about Netflix and other streaming services and the numbers that they're bringing in and new streaming services. And we're going to reinforce our ideas around those. We're going to be talking about Google and big tech. And delays, delays, delays. Movies are being delayed. Surprise, surprise. And then we're going to round out the show as we talk about WandaVision and the MCU in a spoiler-free review of the latest episode. How does that sound, guys? Definitely sounds like we got some work ahead of us. Yep. So much work ahead of us. All the work. All the work. Boris the slave driver at it again. Hey, it got to the point where I now have to keep a log of all the shows and all the books and all the comics that I read each week. <laughs> well... Part of it is you're an old man, so you forget. Yeah. The other part of it, no, honestly, I've been doing it for years um, just because I got to remember somehow. I know, and you always come to me each week. So what did you do this week? And I pick out like two or three things that are at the top of my brain. And then I realize there's like six way more interesting things that I did, but that just were like sitting in the closet. (laughs) Yep. I know, man. Phil, what did you do this week? (laughs) Oh, I forget now. No. <laughs> oh my god. No, I um I decided that with the political changing of temperatures going on in the world, I decided that I was finally brave enough to watch The Watchmen, the HBO series. So yes. I binged that bad boy. We were talking over about 3 that. days. Yes. And I really enjoyed it. Like super super enjoyed it. I thought, wow, what a what a great show that is. You know, and obviously my regular stuff. I watch The Expanse, which we never really talk about on here, but I think that that is just killing it right now, the current season. 
And I actually subscribed to like Marvel Unlimited and and finally like linked up my Comicsology account. So I'm buying more books now and reading more comics, which is good. A good change because I've largely been dialed out of that. We don't talk about comics on this show. You don't have to no. read any comics. Never, never. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm currently digging on um the vision, which yeah. I know like the comic book couples, the counseling couples, uh they're they have a show on it and I started listening to it last night. I'm like, I have to stop now because I haven't finished a comic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um going back to Watchmen. It's crazy when you think about the fact that that show came out December, um, I guess, fall of 2019, and seeing the mm-hmm. shit show of a year that 2020 was, um, you know, in terms of the messaging that that show was trying to put out. Um, so it's just crazy to think kind of like how perfect timing that show was. It, it To be honest, I've watched the first couple episodes. And I was way too sensitive to it just because of the climate of the world yeah. at that time. And I didn't have a lot of hope that things were going to get better. And that's why I avoided it. However, it stayed well-preserved on my PVR from the days when I had HBO. Yeah. And I just, it's something snapped in me this week where I was just like, you know, like I say, things definitely appear to be more optimistic in terms of a lot of the stuff, and it's pretty heavy stuff, and I just felt, I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to, to dive into it. And that retrospective angle on it was absolutely mind-blowing as well. Yeah. To think about the places that we were in the world and those themes and how on point they were. Yeah. And, it, you know, it just goes to remind me, as you were talking to me about that show um, <laughs> off off uh, offline, it was kind of just reminded me of how much more work we have overall as a society, right? Like, mm-hmm. the work's just getting started, guys. Things are not perfect. Things are far from perfect, you know. But, you know, we at least have recognized or some people have recognized that, hey, there is an issue. There's still a lot more work to do. Um, and one of the reactions, and it's always been, like, on the forefront of my mind, is when that show was going on, the amount of people saying and get this take. This is like one of the funniest takes I've ever heard about that show. I don't like it because you make white supremacists supremacists seem evil all the time. Why are white supremacists always evil? Yeah, why did you do that? I want my comics to be apolitical and support white supremacy. <laughs> These fuck nuts. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I don't. It was. It was for me more than anything. Like the race stuff is the race stuff, and it it needed to be said and it needed to be addressed uh, in that show. And I'm glad that they made it the big theme. I did kind of low key geek out as a person who read the the original Watchmen comic and obviously watched the show the movie that they made about it, which, you know, love it or hate it, it was what it was. Motherfucking Snyder. Yeah, and um, I just really (laughs) enjoyed some of the links, like how this was an extension of that story, how that world's evolved, modern day, the throwbacks to it, the character throwbacks, the all that stuff was just really a little bit of fun, uh, an extra level to it, if you will. 
And Whoa. I think that you can completely enjoy that show without that level. Yeah. And just have the questions not really impact you. But for me, it was uh, that was a nice little treat too. Yeah. Was just seeing how everything panned out. And, for sure. And That's one thing I Dr. really Manhattan liked about that then. show is the fact that you can enjoy that show. And this is, we've talked about this with um, Mandalorian and any Star Wars that has come out. And that's the fact that you can enjoy it in many different ways, whether you are a true fan or a new fan. It was just, if, if it can captivate you and you can just jump into this world not having watched or read anything before, you know, and, and enjoy the world that they're presenting to you, they've done a great job. And that's something that I found that Watchmen did. Like, it's such a good show for them. Those 10 episodes are great. And the amount of people that I know that I've watched that show that didn't even know it was a comic book or forgot about the movie, um, you know, and they loved the show. But just like you said, especially someone who read the original, you know, back when uh, Jesus probably lent it to you because you're that old. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, it's it has that special little something else right um and the other thing is i love the fact that it was more true to the comic as opposed to the movie with the major Mm -hmm. change of the two being you know the giant squid attack versus atomic bombs yeah yeah no and you know like the the funny thing was is i was a latecomer to the watchman comic in fact i did that was a good joke but i was i was late getting to that because it was so politically charged when it was on the shelves and I, it was getting my eyeball at that time. But I honestly, as a younger guy, I wasn't into what it was talking about. That's all. It's not the politics. It's all politics. But, but I just wasn't into Phil, that. I just didn't care about atomic bombs at that but point. But Phil, comics aren't political. <laughs> but they aren't political. Yeah. No, so I, I got into that later because of the movie push. Uh, myself and a friend decided to go get the graphic novel and to read it and talk about it. Yeah. And it was absolutely fascinating to have an intellectual conversation about that book while I was reading it as an adult. You know what I mean? And and that had value for me. And then and it was all in just preparation for the movie at the time. And I guess the movie, and I was a little bit hot and cold on that, obviously. But yeah, it is what it is. It's there. It's yep. good if you what like else? that thing. What else is going on? What did you do for your birthday? What, what else did you do over the week? Oh, geez. Um, birthday was really low-key because of lockdown. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't see anybody. I didn't do anything. I I ordered myself a nice present and that, that lightsaber. And um, yeah, that was about it. Like, honestly, oh, the other big thing that I did manage to score this week was Lego sets are finally back in stock on Lego.com. <gasps> and I was able to pick up the new Mandalorian pack, which has a baby, like Grogu, Mando in the full Baskar with arm printing. And nice. a sand person. All in a $40, 400-piece set. So it's not like it's going to break the bank. <laughs> and Lego also introduced, um, unveiled its plans for a blacksmith shop which is going to be coming out February 1st. And hopefully that one doesn't go... I, mean, I know it will because it's the return to the medieval kind mm. of castle Lego. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was such a big thing as a kid. And it's got nostalgia written all over it. It's just that now I'm really having to choose 
my sets because there's only so much display display space that I have. Yep. And I'm down to, I can add one more modular building. <laughs> so I have to choose which modular building I want. I want that police station so bad. It's not in stock yet. But <laughs> yeah. I do want that one so bad because of the, the color scheme and whatnot. And I just think it would look great in my lineup of those yeah. sets. Yeah. Very Which cool. is, yeah. I've got too much sitting in the closet, man. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, your jollies were were tingling when you heard that the Muppets are going to be officially going to Disney+. Oh, Plus. yeah. Huge news. Huge news for me. Uh, and I think the reaction was good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I saw a lot of really positive online reaction to that. Now, naturally, I, I follow people who are into that on Twitter. So it wasn't shocking, but we've been asking for it for since the inception of Disney Plus. And before that, Disney always hinted at it was going to yeah. release seasons four and five on DVD. We have one, two, and three. And it was always told to us that it was about licensing mm-hmm. with the parties that were involved. I don't really think it was that. I think it was the fact that they had to do a full restoration of all five seasons. And that was the slowdown on the work. Yeah, And now it's shifted to digital. Now it's shifted to streaming. So the market, Disney's already declared that they're not really pursuant to a disc-based library. They want everybody to be involved in online streaming, and that's a way to capture that audience. If you want to watch a Muppets, the old stuff, you pretty much, it's necessitated to have your, your streaming service there. Yeah. So, and that that's where they found, actually, in, in going through all this stuff, I think there's a larger story that's not being told yet that will be, but that's when they rang up um, Brian Henson and they they showed him the Christmas Carol song that got cut mm. by Disney and they and they said that they lost the footage. They found it and they showed it to him before Christmas and it will obviously be ready for next Christmas yep. on Disney Plus. But I think that that's part of the larger story of what's been going on with the Muppet archives yeah. that Disney now control. So and I think that they found that mixed in with the show. I am footage. so happy that they can create new Muppet material. Because I know a part of the Peanuts thing is that, you know, you can't create new Peanuts stories. So any movie, mm-hmm. anything that's come out, it's always been based on something that's already out. Like you cannot create a new, net new Charlie Brown IP. Mm-hmm. So, you know, luckily, yeah, and we don't the, have that same thing with uh, Chris Schultz with wanted that locked down, right? Whereas Jim wants the product to live and evolve. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm finally over Vogel being Kermit right now and the voice change. I'd rather have someone predisposed to a different sound in Kermit, but still get to enjoy Kermit versus someone who just has to watch canned material. Yeah. Right? Like, there's only so many times you can watch those five seasons, or there's only so many times. And Kermit changed a lot in that time anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, even when Steve picked up the puppet and started doing it, it got away from the slapsticky, crazy crap. And when, when we all start watching on February 19th, I think next week, Dinosaurs comes out on Disney+. Plus. Yep. All four seasons. And then February 19th, Muppet Show. When you watch the actual Muppet Show and you watch those old episodes, you're going to see it's so slapsticky. And monsters eat people. And shit gets blown up. Yep. And 
it it's it feels different and it, yeah. it doesn't feel wrong you know that's the muppets i remember yeah but yeah you know that's the origin of it and it became something else through the movies it became something else through the other shows that they did yeah and that's not bad either yeah. you know so taking a step back something that came up as we're talking um this is no we're done with muppets going back to lego um i was talking to a friend earlier in the week and she was saying that she was looking at um, some Lego sets. I believe it was a Harry Potter set or something. I don't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. She was saying she's not a Lego collector. She's looking to getting this because of the IP. And she's like, holy shit, Lego is expensive. Mm-hmm. So how do you kind of yep. talk to someone about like that hump? And like, you know, how do you get someone to like take the plunge? It, it's funny. It is funny because any parent, and I'm not a parent, but any parent knows inherently how expensive Lego is. The funniest story I ever experienced was going into Toys R Us and buying one of these Black Series helmets behind me. I think it was one mm-hmm. of the Stormtroopers. And I brought it up to the counter, and it, that, that's like $150 of plastic. Yep. And she picks it up, and I go, I know, it's like $150 box of air. And she goes, no. That's Lego, right? Yeah. Because that's the joke to them is that if you want to sell something exorbitantly expensive, like, you know, even $400 of Lego is light, right? Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things that parents are used to it. New fans, like, and I think I know which Harry Potter property, the dots. The dots would be the Harry Potter, all the little sig- sigils. That they go by their house sigils, mm. and it's in a dot art fashion. And the thing is, is those are 150 bucks. Yeah. Those are not cheap yeah. at all. Exactly. And if you want to do the big one, you have to buy all four. Oh crap! Yeah. At 150 plus tax, right? Yeah. So it is dear, 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 just for dots. Yeah. It's not like molded pieces that look really awesome. That's crazy. And it's a tough buy-in, man. It's a it, it's it's a tough buy-in, but at the same rate. You can look at it, and I know we've joked about this on our chat. It is almost like an investment opportunity as well. Because if you want to collect those things and not really get into the build, which some people do enjoy that. They just like the collecting of it and having the boxes on a shelf or in an area. And those things appreciate value when they get discontinued. I think the only Lego set that didn't appreciate super fast the only IP was The Simpsons. Yeah. And even Oof, then, it's, yeah. still, it's still crazy. It's still expensive. Yeah. But it just didn't speed a, like it didn't uh, accrue value as quickly as some of the other discontinued stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't know. It's tough. Like I have friends who don't collect Lego, who I get them turned on to it as an adult Lego builder. Mm-hmm. And now they're going out and they're buying $500 Harry Potter entire castles. You know, on the architecture basis, like a five hundred dollar set. Yeah, where do you find those? And I'm assuming these people own homes and houses and have. Well, if they're in apartments. They're wherever. I, I'm I'm amazed because I used to have cats, and I can't. I dread to think of cats in mm-hmm. and around Lego yeah. because mm-hmm. those things would just go inhaled, and you'd be digging through cat poo to get mm. your parrots back, and. I look at that and I go, I don't know how they do it. Because that, that one friend also bought a Death Star. 
<laughs> and that's a crazy set. Yeah. Crazy set. I can't stand those play sets. I don't like the look of them on display. I'd rather have a set that looks good on display for presentation value. Yeah, that's for sure. Me. For sure. Oh, that's that. That's the week. That was Phil. Tyler, how's everything? I know you've been quiet for like 20 minutes. How's everything? has been 20 I am back in the work mines. Um, so it's been a lot of comfort stuff this week. Uh, a lot of Bob's Burgers because my wife hasn't seen most of it and is now like into it. So watch a lot of that. And let her know that the... I am Gene. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, we have theories about Gene being gender fluid because he's all about <laughs> that side of it. And he, um, he goes for the joke no matter what. <laughs> that's, true. That's, true. That's what I see in him. And then I, I dug out and dusted off Fallout 4 and modded the ever-living crud out of it. Okay, um, I accept it now. Because the, uh, Sim Settlements 2 launched in November, and I missed that. And I can't talk about what project I'm working on yet. But mm-hmm. there is a project that I am mining this space for ideas for. Right. Cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. What have you? What, yeah. Any, anything else? Anything new? Uh, what, well, that's the result. It's been not a ton new this past week. Yeah. We've been getting into Lupin, which is still just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. It's so well put together. And that, like, it's like not much. Not yeah. much. Yeah. It's been a lot of computer work, a lot of like repairing stuff this week, and it's just been a nose to the grindstone week over here. I'm gonna bring something up that I found out that I know we talked about in chat. Yeah. And that is I found out on Stadia that four K, just because you can do it doesn't mean that it gets delivered to you in four K if you have the subscription. Yep. Because Destiny two fires up in four K all the time for me, but Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven doesn't. Yeah. Well, I took a, I, I took a break. Yeah, I took a break from Cyberpunk pre... Like, when it was, like, getting a lot of patches and stuff. I took a break because I was like, all right, this is going to get patched a heck of a ton, and I don't know if I have the time and bandwidth to replay through it this mm-hmm. year. So I am... With 1.1, I think I'm going back in a little bit. Yeah. So I played a little bit on Friday night. Yeah, Friday night mm-hmm. or Sunday. Um... There's been a lot of changes. The game seems a little more fluid, if that makes sense to you. Like, it just yeah. seems more fluid. It seems more normal. It seems more natural. Everything moves and literally moves better. Um, the text yeah. isn't red anymore all the time. Oh, they have different colors awesome. for um, whom is speaking and what they are saying. So your eyes won't burn anymore. Um, Fair. The map, when you're driving, still sucks. Uh, but outside of that, you know, there have been some pretty good improvements. Uh, no crashes just yet for me. But, you know, again, we are running on PS5s. So that's that. Yeah. Um, that helps more than a little. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and again, we're going to be talking a little more about Cyberpunk 2077. When, you know, probably in a week or two, there's a lot to talk about, but uh, yeah, that's that's that. Damn. Yeah, yeah. And that 1.1 patch had Stadia f- fixes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were really shocked about that on the Stadia side. We. <laughs> well, me and the other guy who was playing it. 
on Stadia. Yeah. yeah. The two of us were like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you serious? Like, that's what the community feels like. It feels speaking, like you and another guy. <laughs> speaking of Phil, I got a question for you about Stadia. Sure. So that was, I, cause I haven't looked into this in advance, um, but Hitman 3 had that whole thing where you could play. Uh, uh, Stadia share. No, 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 not what I'm asking about. Oh, okay. uh, they had the that Hitman work. <laughs> Hitman 1 and Hitman 2 places could be yep. like booted up in three. Yep. How does that working for Stadia? Do you have to own one and two? Or are you just getting it? Um, or is it the, uh, the cluster biff that it is over on Epic and Steam? Uh, they headed it off because they gave us Hitman 1 and 2 for free a month ago. Oh, so it's just that you just get them. Yeah, now you can open up Hitman 1 three. and 2, like yeah. the uh, collector's edition, and there's a spot for 3. So if you bought 3, it just appears alongside 1 and 2, and then you can just play in the sandbox. Well, what I'm saying is, is, is if you get 3, it just it's already set up with those 1 and 2 are open. Yeah, cool. Yep, you get access to it. Now, as far as I know, that's, that's what the play is there. Um, otherwise, you have to own them, yeah. and then you get access to them. But that's yeah. the one platform I believe it's working on. The other one was that state of share, that new feature that this game opened up. Like, yeah, Stadia's talked about it. They finally did it for Hitman Three. It yeah. doesn't work. Very no, of course it doesn't. Because it brings you to the beginning of the level, whereas we were told you're going to be able to just jump into someone's jump in. game. Right. Interesting. So it's a little irritating. Yeah. So it literally does none of what was advertised. It yeah, it, it's oh, apparently oh, it's oh, up to the developer. Who made it's this? Up to the developer. CD Project Red. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. It still works. It's just not what Stadia did. They chose yeah. to do it, implement it in a different way, which is their prerogative. It's up to them to leverage it. Every so time someone says it's their prerogative, I just think of Britney Spears. Yeah, and that's right. that's that's, and that's how goes. I bring the that's like, how I bring the show we're to annoyed. Halt. <laughs> we're annoyed. Like the community's a little bit irritated from what I can see. That the state the state of share or whatever didn't translate to our expectations. But it's better than not having anything, I guess. But there's no okay. commitment that they're gonna make it better. Either. Yeah. They're just like, well, this is the way it is. There's another oh. game coming up in a month or two that looks campaign-ish. So it's gonna be like a strategy game on Stadia that's going to use the feature as well. Hmm. We'll see what they do. Huh. Bill. Mm-hmm. Your yeah, volume. Sure. That's me saying your My volume. My volume? Yeah. Okay. All right. Too so, loud. yeah. So, I've been, um, what the fuck have I been doing? Oh, yeah. So, last, huh. this week, I haven't watched too much. Um, a lot of random stuff. Uh, I haven't really been in the mood to pick up anything new. So I've been watching a lot of like, you know, forensic files and shit like that. Things that I always watch. So watch out if I ever, uh, you know, get pissed off at you. Um, but there <laughs> were two movies I watched this week. One of them was okay. One of them was horrible. The one that was okay was Death of Me. It's on Netflix. Um, it has Luke Hemsworth and Maggie Q. Mm. Not bad. It's, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's one of those like mystery not even who done it what the fuck did they do so it's that's that huh. um and then the other one that i watched was that um outside the wire oh it's uh, such a bad movie it's horrible <laughs> no my favorite part 
is how obvious when you get to that finale and you get to the twist how the 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 writer and director were like oh my god this is the greatest thing that has ever been come up with no one will ever see this coming and i was like yep. okay yeah like but also anthony mackie has got to have some student debt because he'll do anything yeah he's literally in so much he was in that miss baja movie that i was talking about last week with uh, the chick mm. from jane the virgin like he's in so much right now huh. he's like, like I, he's like you know the black Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. Netflix has got to have some compromat on him because, like, <laughs> he'll do whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I've watched. I've also rewatched Silence of the Lambs this week um, just because I'm really kind of excited for that Clarice show. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Not down with the cannibal? No, that's not the problem at all. The problem is that, like, that particular IP has gotten to such a weird place. Um, Because after Silence of the Lambs, it became this whole thing of, like, trying to justify Hannibal. Yes. And I don't know if you've read the books, Phil, but the books get real freaking weird about it. Yeah. Um. And then you watch Brian Fuller's take, which is just, it's so over the top, and just, I don't know, man. I, I yeah. like being able to turn the lights off in my in my house at night, um, so I typically do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen remains a delight, though. Mm. Yes. I think he's yes. signed on for uh, doing Thrawn. I hope so. He'd be an interesting Thrawn. He's the voice of, of Thrawn. One of the Mikkelsons. Yeah, the voice. In it's mm-hmm. ads. Yeah. It's him. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor. 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 All right. But it kind of came out that he signed. So. All right, guys. <laughs> it's time to start taking stock in the news. And we're going to kick things off talking about stock markets. So before we talk about this, let me say that we are no way telling you to buy, to sell, to do anything. Anything that you do. With our information, you do on your own. You cannot. It's not our fault if something goes a bust. It's not our fault if something goes good. Um, it just we're giving you some news that we've been talking about. Legally, we also have to disclose if we own any stocks and anything we're talking about. Um, so I don't. I I liquidated a bunch of my holdings last week. So anything I don't think I don't think I'm I hold anything we're talking about now. Yeah, that was literally my next point. So thanks, uh, Tyler, for saying that because <laughs> it's important. You, Phil, it's, it's, <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Especially like my, my situation, right? And yeah. again, like there, this is such a for me such an interesting piece of tech news that I would feel dumb not to talk about it. Uh, so stock mm-hmm. markets, we're seeing insane changes right now in the stock markets. Um, Activision and Blizzard, it's just hit a 37-year high. It's yeah, well, a bunch of stuff's hitting record highs. It's yeah. insane. Yep. So it hit, it ex- hit and exceeded more than $95 a share, um, which is wow. crazy for, for, for that company. Um, we mm-hmm. also saw GameStop. Um, you know, the company that is that everyone thought was gonna go bust in twenty twenty. It still might. It still might. Yeah. It still might. But right yeah. now, 
They are killing it. So right now they're sitting at a 51% increase, and they are at $65 American. Yeah. Tyler, wow. we were talking about this on our chat. What's your take uh, on this? So GameStop is an interesting case because it really seems to be based upon market exuberance around the new CEO, whose name escapes me at this exact moment, but he is like a bit of a wunderkind. Um, like he's got a couple of like major successes under his belt, and he's yeah. kind of announced some initial thoughts on how he wants GameSpot to grow and rework itself. And it looks good. That being said, like GameSpot's not out of the woods yet. No, like they're still very much at risk for bankruptcy. Yeah, so they have a lot CEO, of locations. The CEO is George Sherman, and he was also um, had senior roles at Advanced mm -hmm. Auto Parts, Best Buy, Target, and Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, yeah, they they definitely were shuffling around the C-suite, um, and it, it you know it, it really seems like they're trying to set themselves up for success, but. I mean, it's become the the perennial thing, whether you're Kramer or whoever, to talk about Wall Street bets and Wall Street bets, which is a Reddit community about people who are just insane with their investing. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a darling of Wall Street bets. And all this week, you've been able to see the gain porn, which is when you've made a lot of money and people are like reporting 20 to 20,000 to $3 million returns from this week on their game spot. So. That's crazy. That is just fucking crazy. Well, but yeah. get on though. There's, there's, there was a there's thing excitement. I saw where somebody, somebody was talking about the fact that that there was an article that was out, and this is, I know articles do this. Yeah. But if you would have taken the money from years ago that you would have spent on a Tesla, uh, Model S. Yeah. And if you would have bought stock with it. Oh yeah, you made so much money. Yeah. How much would you have? And like the the one guess was, well, probably four Model S's, right? Like that. that no, it's like and it was something like like seven thousand. No, it was in the millions. Like what no, no. the, the the actual amount of money was something like ten million dollars. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so so yeah. I mean, if we want to get deep into the weeds on that, Tesla is another darling stock that. Yep. That's why I bring it. Is up. entirely based on future value. Yeah. Uh, I mean, interestingly enough. Uh, I have a a a uh, House of Representatives transaction report open on my left screen, and it's for one Nancy Pelosi who just bought twenty five calls for Tesla yesterday, wow. or just at the end of December. So, yeah, and that, like it's crazy when you look at that. Like I, I think the the yeah. last statistic that I saw on it was that the current valuation of Tesla stock it would take them one thousand five hundred years to make. <laughs> proportionately make product to measure their yeah. worth on the yeah, stock market. Yeah, yeah it's all crazy. this it's all future valuation based upon things people think Musk can do mm -hmm. combined with market exuberance. And you know, it, it's what capitalism says. It's worth what people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I think GameStop is is into that category right now, like yeah. on a far lesser scale. Yeah, but they're all betting on exuberance and, and good feelings. It blows me not, away like, because I look at the price of stock. Yeah. And I go, well, you know, I could take a chance on GameStop if I see it dip to, let's say, $50 US, and I think that it might rock it still mm -hmm. to be 75 or whatever. There's a good return in there. But when I look at Tesla or Bitcoin or something, I'm like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I can afford a fraction of a stock for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, GameStop's a really weird one right now because they are, I think they're the highest they've ever been. I'm looking at it and it looks like, well, the data going back to 2002, this is the highest the stock has ever been. Because it's currently at $65.01 at time of recording. And the previous high was in 2007 at $62.11. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Because the world was a much different video game place in 2007 than it is now. Yep. Like everybody had to go to that store or a store to buy a game. But, you know, I think that not only is there like a lot of... um, traction because of the CEO, but I think it's also some of the ideas that have been kind of rumored swirling around what GameStop is wanting to possibly do, you know, from the whole build your own PC to the having a digital store and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that... And those... also video games, the industry yeah. right now, have people excited and looking to invest and possibly capitalize on that investment through it because... If you look at anything like we've been talking about for the past year, is that video games are bigger than Hollywood. Video games, like, and people are seeing it and experiencing it now. I think a lot of people throughout the quarantine and pandemic have picked up a controller or tried to access maybe something they have for their kids and found out that they like it. Right? And now you're talking about those those people with cash or capital investments to make going well how what should i get in on hey there's opportunity here i like what i see exactly like you say build your own pc digital storefront and marriage with microsoft right yeah let's get next gen consoles out there on a subscription level yeah financing to make things affordable like there's some endeavors that they're doing that are just outside the box yep well i mean that one's actually like an old-timey option in a book in a good way mm-hmm. right because you used to get stuff on layaway or stuff like that and why not yeah it, it's just great i i think there's a lot of good ideas and a lot of investment opportunities and if you if you guys like i don't know i gotta say i don't even know what's in my portfolio right now so <laughs> I, I i trying to be careful i don't know maybe i have that stock in there i don't know my my manager knows <laughs> ignorance mm-hmm. is bliss phil ignorance is bliss it is all right, so I just look at the number. <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, stock markets. Yeah, it's an interesting time for sure, um, and it's for sure something that we're going to be following over the next few weeks and months uh, here on this show. So something that yeah. we ran out of time discussing last week, and I wanted to bring up this week, and that is the Capcom breach. So in November of 2020, we kind of talked about this as a side point, and that's the fact that Capcom was breached. Data was breached personal data um, of up to 390,000 people were exposed to this um, this hacker group. So the numbers actually increased by 40,000 people. And the reason why we're bringing this up is because, you know, I think it's kind of more of a PSA more than anything else. It's mm-hmm. we live in a world where this stuff is just going to happen, right? People are doing nefarious things uh, with computers. Like, this is just the world that we live in now, unfortunately. Um, And I talk to people, and they kind of 
you know they have so many accounts for so many things number one they don't even know what they have accounts for oh um, yeah you know uh like it's crazy to think that they're like i i for me it's unheard of but i know that people might have signed up for something you know five years ago and forgot yeah. and they don't even know what information they put into that account right so yep. This is mm -hmm. the PSA that I'm going here is we live in a digital world. Your life is completely digital um, to sign up to certain things. You have to put certain information of yourself, whether it be legit or fake. That's up to you. But there's, you know, you're, you have you have an online presence with your accounts. Um, and it's just to make sure that you know what info you're putting where and where you have your accounts. Because in a breach like this, you know, it as, as minor as it is. If someone takes your password and your email, they can get into a lot of things that you might not uh, even know you have. Not that we're encouraging fraud, and it's important to remember that lying to certain groups and companies online or institutions constitutes fraud. Yes. Just double check that. We're not telling you to lie to companies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, that, it's also worth remembering just kind of a couple of... of tools that do exist for people, especially people that are a little bit less technologically savvy. Um, setting up a pa like a, a robust password manager can help out at least keep track of what you have and makes changing passwords easier. And then there's Have I Been Pwned, P-W-N-E-D, which helps you check to see if your information's been leaked in any of the things. Yep, all handy. And you know what? I, even yesterday, I was playing around with my um, one of my accounts through through google uh -huh. and i it it's obviously i've enabled it to remember some passwords for some yeah. and it's telling me it's like well you use the same password on these four mm -hmm. things so you go in you have to review your security credentials and go oh crap and then you go i don't use that anymore forget yeah. about it forget about it get that out of there get that out of there so it's just like okay 30 of these things are pertinent. 30 of them don't violate, have different passwords and do different things. Mm -hmm. But these four are a problem, and I don't even remember signing up for those four. So get them out of here. Yeah. Yep. Other good things that you can do is obviously having like an app, like a password manager type thing um, for the reasons that Phil just said. And the other one is if you are feeling a little more gutsy with your tech, having two-way authentication mm -hmm. is also really good. Yep. You know, where you would have to type, 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 type your password, and then you get the second password that has to match on, chances are, your mobile device. Yep. Yep. It's great. And depending how you set it up, it may also require, like, your fingerprint, if your phone has compatibility with that, which actually yep. makes it, like, two and a half factor, because you need to, like, unlock the phone to get in. Yep. Yeah, yep. and then it, it will prompt you separately to put your password or put your thumbprint or whatever yeah. thumbprint. Um, as well, you know, something if people are looking for it, go out and, and treat yourself to LastPass. Yeah, like I, that. I use yeah. LastPass. Yeah, that's, I think, the predominant one. I, I know that they put on regular advertising blitzes. Norton has, if you get into the Norton ecosystem, they have an internal one. Right. Um, which is tied in, like they have like a whole, you can buy into their ecosystem for relatively affordable right now. They're not sponsoring us, but it'd be nice if they did, because they have like a VPN and password thing and a virus thing, and it goes across, I think their base is like five devices, so like. Yep. Yeah. I am it looks in pretty that robust. ecosystem now. When I got my new computer, I, I got Norton. 
yeah, I got a year subscription. I'm like, I've been using it. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm down with this. I used to be all yeah. AVG. Um, but the issue that I found with AVG is that it would have memory leaks on certain versions. Oh, that resource uh, hog. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen that. And yes, it, this is a much newer, better, robust computer, but I'm just finding that the Norton world is better. So on, on, obviously, you know, we're just saying, take care of yourself. Know where you're putting your information, have an idea of where you're signing up. Um, and yeah, just uh, be careful. Watch your stuff. Check your credit report. Oftentimes, when you sign up for online banking, oftentimes banks give you the option for a quick view of your credit report. Um, here in Canada, yeah. I know that CIBC has a program. Um, they use TransUnion. Um, Scotia uses Equifax. Uh, the beauty of that of either or is that it updates once a month, and you can actually see a summary of your requests and your actual report so it's not the official report but it's a nice little quick glimpse into Mm -hmm. you know what's happening with your credit rating because yeah the last thing you want is to deal with that yeah correct yep and one of the accounts that a lot of people forget about is netflix um, we've talked about this before, it's, and Netflix has done a cleanup of their accounts, um, but it's an ongoing thing. But Netflix reported in the last quarter of 2020, it made $6.6 billion in revenue, and they now have more than 200 million subscribers worldwide. Yep. And what's their debt? <laughs> well, I mean... Their debt versus their <laughs> ratio becomes the question, right? Yep. I could gear. I I could almost guarantee you. I think their debt somewhere in the like exorbitantly crazy amount. So I'm just gonna say they've been making money for a while, but they've owed a lot of money because they keep on having to spend billions of dollars to get IP to sell nostalgia back to us. That's their whole business model, which is why Disney are gonna win in like three three years with their business model because they're not paying themselves for their nostalgia. They're just floating it right out there. The Simpsons right into your front door. So that money just goes into the, the, the slosh bucket called profit. Well, here's the <laughs> thing about, so touching on that, Phil. Yeah. I think Disney has the advantage because of the amount of, pro- of IP and properties that Disney owns under its umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we're having we're seeing this thing. You know, Discovery Plus was launched in the states a couple of weeks ago. This includes shows from Discovery, Travel Channel, TLC, etc. Um, we're getting Paramount Plus, which is an extension of CBS All Access. So everyone, again, I know that we talk yeah. about this all the time, but you know, everyone and their mother is going this route so netflix is at this point this is why they're investing so much in their own properties um you know or buying things up as they can whether it's good or not that's a whole separate conversation because earlier this week i don't even know if it was one of youtube but someone was telling me that it seems like netflix is just giving everyone and their mother a deal to put their content up there Um, we actually need to roll back a little bit because phil's data is old netflix is relatively flat relatively flat debt since late 2019 and since that point their debt to equity ratio has been plummeting it it capped in june 2019 at 
at a ratio at 2.06. So that's they had roughly two dollars in debt for every dollar of equity, and they're down to 1.43. Good, damn, that's pretty good, actually. I, I just find it laughable, and I think this is where Boris was going with his comment. I find it laughable that I get Netflix alerts on my phone that say this month 70 new shows are premiering. And I just like raise my hands and I go, and fucking none of them are worth watching. Like, or you're yeah. going to cancel it if I like it. Like, I'm just jaded about Netflix. Yeah. This is oh, a sure. major problem. Oh, for There's sure. stuff that is good, they cancel. Yeah, I, I just want to, because I'm now nerding out the numbers to compare that to yeah. Disney, which you got to remember, like, Disney is an established company. So long established companies tend to have a lot better debt to, debt to equity ratios. Yeah. Um, Disney in September 2019 had a debt to equity ratio of 0.4. So 40 cents of debt for everything of equity. Yeah. They're now up to 60 cents. And over the course of 2020, they, they took out a ton of debt. And you've actually looked back to since March 2019, they have more than doubled their carrying debt. They've actually almost tripled it. Yeah, because they launched a streaming service. Well, it's also content. They had to like they haven't released a movie, well, but also, <laughs> but also, Disney Cruise Lines. Yeah, Disney yeah. Cruise Those Lines, fucking... Disney Parks. Yep. Those so are all huge they, revenue yeah, they, boosts. But and now they're huge. Anchors. Like they're reasoning to be they need to be funded through debt. Yeah. Like their but, debt ratios up. Yeah, yeah and you have is... to finance those movies as well that yeah. you have in the can. You still have to pay for them, even though they're not making you any money. Oh, I don't know how many of those get financed with debt, though, because you get production companies on board and you know, a lot of investors. And you know, a, a movie finance is always weird. It really yeah. is. So whenever possible, you get it. You don't do debt for movies. Yeah. yeah. And video games Somebody's are going doing that it. direction now, too, right? Like, if you look yeah. at the amount of studios one video game has, and I'm using studios very light, you know, or yeah. backers, I should say, like, you know, it makes me laugh every time I see the WB logo when I load up um, <laughs> yeah. Cyberpunk, right? Like, it's it's going that direction yeah. as well. Um, oh, yeah. But one interesting thing about Disney, though, going back to, you know, where they're doing really well versus where they're hurting because of where the world is, um, you know, Disney's already thinking about the future and what really pissed off a lot of people in California is that the Disney parks in California, so Disneyland, announced mm -hmm. that they are canceling their season pass so you know mm. when those parks open up they are hoping that anyone who comes is going to pay that full fucking amount so for the foreseeable future there won't be like a seasons or a yearly pass per se hmm. um, the yeah, other thing at the same rate people got to be pissed off if they bought one in pandemic they can't go to it yeah so it's money out of their pocket where they're just mad at disney yeah. now because disney couldn't predict the pandemic I should check because people in my family have those passes. I should check with them and see what they did because we're making a yeah. bold assumption there, Phil. We don't know if there was something like, you know, for like yeah. our TFC money, right? Like, yeah. there could have been a deal. There's where... got to be some compensation that's happening or they're suspending them right now because they don't want people fucking buying them and then getting mad at them. Yeah. They don't have a product to give you. Exactly. So, therefore, there is no season's pass. There will be maybe a season's pass when we have a product. Or when we have a safe environment. It might be that they're doing the responsible thing here. Might be. Crazy. But I, I, I think that they do like money. So I'm not going to yeah. argue totally and on, you their, know, on their behalf. One way that they can for sure make money is 
having a uh, contract with the government and having Disney Parks as a mass vaccination yeah. site, you know? I so, thought that's where you were going with it, so. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. <laughs> yeah, season's passed. I get the vaccine ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem like you're thinking, Tyler. Oh, I just, I was literally just talking with um, a doctor last night, no, last night, two nights ago, about vaccine rollouts. And I, was, I was literally thinking, like, I don't think Disney has the capacity to do that. But that was me. Uh, be at a vaccine center. They, oh, they're doing it, though. They're, they're opening, I think, this week as a vaccination center. They've, they've converted their California park. And I think they're doing the Florida one, too. Just so people, because it's easy access to get there. Yeah. And even if it's just in the parking lot, so people would drive through and get shot in the arm and go. Like, there's some land there that they can that they can use, and there's infrastructure to get into it and out. There's of it. infrastructure of, you know, that quick in and out, and that's yeah. what I think that they really want with these vaccine centers. Anyways, that's neither near it's, nor it's there. Literally, it's, it's literally... Yeah, it's literally just their parking lot. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're and they've cleared out the. Okay, yeah. I was wondering how they're going to do this. Um, <laughs> hop on a ride, get a vaccine. <laughs> well, I, no, I was thinking, I was thinking they're really going to do it in the no. like in the park, and no. it's just like, no, we have all of our food freezers are already ultra cold because of how much we have going through. They just cleared oh, them out already, and then basically what it is is they sit there and get done out, and that's just doing in the yeah parking lot. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's just, the parking lot is huge dense. open space. Like the other yeah. places where I know that the American government and Canadian government should really think about, um, because anyways, that's we're not going there. Is parking lots of these huge ass stadiums, right? Like these stadiums mm-hmm. that hold an abundance. Only if you have the freezer of, space. Well, that's why stadiums. That's most stadiums do. So in Canada, we're looking like that's not going to be a problem. Uh, in part because I mean, we we have way more vaccines than we need already on order, even with this even with the Pfizer slowdown. Um, Let's I don't know. not I forget don't think we... that there used to be a Pfizer plant in Quebec, and the previous federal government got rid of it. Nope. Just saying. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, you're not wrong. But hindsight is no, hindsight is twenty twenty. Anyways, we, we'd still have to order them from the company if they're yeah, if exactly. we're doing it privately. Yep. 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 No, I, I, yeah, I, I think that the logistical issues are. My understanding is the main problem in Canada is going to be be the fact that we're just a logistics problem, and it's going to be it's going to be. People capable of administering is going to be one of the biggest choke points in a lot of places. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why there's like a call for getting even vets. Like if you take a piss yeah. around the corner from anything medical, <laughs> you're going to be trained to get or give a vaccination. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not the hardest thing to train. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Just take training. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But so, yeah, so getting back to like our our topic about Netflix and Disney and all that, mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 just saying like out of all the stuff that I've seen, Disney because of their new adoption of this plan towards Disney Plus, and we saw this confirmed with yeah. that investors call, they're going to be getting into a, a very advantageous position 
with the service, they figure like one they they obviously aren't at half the capacity of Netflix right now. Right? So they have 70 million users. Netflix has 200 plus. So it's just a matter of them ramping up. And in one year, they've far exceeded where they thought they would be in terms of viewership. That was their three-year so, plan. Like That was their three-year plan that, that obliterated in the first year. Now, the other so thing now is going adjusted. back to another point that you brought up, Phil. IP. Look at the fucking Netflix mm-hmm. IP. And it's, you know, out of every couple hundred things get that gets released on Netflix, you have one or two golden things, mm-hmm. right? Where we take a look at yep. Disney, they're so meticulous in what's being released, right? Mandalorian, 1.6 million viewers. Yep. 1.8 million viewers. Exactly. My, now, you... my counter to that is, what do you think Witcher's viewers were? I know that. that oh, one Witcher's just... high. Yeah. Witcher's in the top five for Netflix. No, it's not. No? No, it's not. It's top 10. With top 10. It's, it's number seven. With 76 million views. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not shocking. Yep. Hey, I Netflix are doing a lot of things right. Yeah. But I hate them for the sure. fact that they, when they get it wrong, which is most of the time, it ends okay. up hurting me. Because but, shows that I like get sure. canceled in the first season. So my counter to that is going to be that any company... Well, it, it follows, it follows, not Poe, it follows um, Pareto's Law, right? 80% of anything that anybody puts out is garbage. Uh-huh. Right? It's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, well, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset that it happens as much as it just mm-hmm. seems to happen to stuff that I like. Sure. I, I maybe have weird taste. I can accept that. Yeah. But there are things that they do and I see the crap continue. You know what I mean? Like there are things that eke through, like like The Witcher, or something that maybe I'll I'll like, and I'm happy that it gets a second or a third season even. But then there's a whole bunch of stuff that seems to get long runs that I'm not really into. Hey, I like Dozark. Like there are things that are pop culture ish. What? What were the, What's the stuff you like on Netflix that gets killed? Oh, Dark Crystal. <laughs> oh, well that's yeah that's my newest open but, wound like what are the numbers on that for versus the cost oh it, it, it totally makes sense to me I, but we're not in a logical world when you're arguing about passion projects right so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can concede the fact that it wasn't hard to predict that, yeah. that was coming but they shouldn't have gone as hard as they did if they didn't think it was sustainable that's on production well, and, and we've also talked about the Netflix contracts, <laughs> about how shows are doomed to fail by the structure of the actual contract. I know that we want to do a special on that, but it is a thing that we we have seen yeah. and know that the, the fundamental structure of of these contracts are to implode a show. Not really. They're they're arguably the better than a lot of historical contracts because you often get at least two seasons to see if you can get your viewership base. Versus half of one. Like, I think we're comparing unlike things right now a little bit, which is the problem. Because, like, right. let's let's look at the difference between a Netflix contract versus, like, let's go with the nerds' favorite one to talk about, which is Firefly. Ugh. Which mm-hmm. Joss Whedon 
Well, like, like for whether or not we like Firefly, Joss Whedon had demonstrated he could make money. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a bigger budget show and then, like, didn't bother airing it in order, didn't really bother marketing it. And then, like, it just was his DOA as a result. And it became this cult classic after the fact, but Joss Whedon had no recourse. No. Versus now, you know, you get some guarantees from Netflix. You're like, all right, you're getting a season or two. And, you, you know, you, you shoot your shot. And I think that, for example, with, with um, Dark Crystal, they went whole hog. And I, and I think that was the right call. It just, it didn't, it just didn't get, it just didn't find the audience. Yep. Well, and, and people were too busy watching Tiger King at that, at that time, right? Like, it's well, the unfortunate thing. That's that's on my shit that pisses me off thing. I, I think it's partly that, and I think it's partly... Like, it didn't... I, I think there's a lot of reasons it didn't find its, its audience. Um, I think that a lot of people who could have been its audience weren't already on Netflix and weren't going to join Netflix for that. Yeah. Correct. Versus, yeah. I mean, let's, let's call it spade a spade. I think if they were to do... The exact same show. Let's say this on how we're able to just port it over to an alternate reality and it was on Disney Plus. I think it would have gotten twice the viewership. And yeah. if you didn't change anything the marketing. Just because that's what people already are. Here's one thing that can hurt a lot of shows like Dark Crystal, and that's family sharing. Um, you know, sure. one person has four accounts. Um, I think the max on Netflix is five accounts. You know, how does Netflix... Um, take in metrics is it by account or is it by you know profile because if it's by account then everything you know it just counts as one no matter how many fucking times someone watches like i have questions in regards to how they gather their metrics so they're they're from what they've reported and it's it's always been a little bit of black box and it seems like every single one of these big new media companies is going to do it but it everything Netflix has released suggests that they do it based on viewing minutes. Yeah. So watching it multiple times on one account counts as multiple watches. Okay. And I think that's actually part of why The Witcher is so high is because you have a subset that is watching it three, four times. Yeah. Yep. And it gives it extra views. Um, And I wonder what, like that, yeah, it becomes tricky to get to, Compare it to something like Disney, where we don't know if Disney's using that metric or not. I mean, my biggest willingness to compare Netflix and Disney numbers right now is on the shows we're comparing it. A lot of the time, Netflix is blowing Disney out of the fucking water. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also remember like, that my- like Disney yeah. isn't launched worldwide just yet. You know, that's like, no hundred percent in South Asia. Yeah. They're not anywhere near around there and that's a huge market that they're missing out on um and that's why they're launching star later this year and why disney plus is going to be rebranded here in canada right like so we'll see where this takes us and hopefully we can get a better look at and glimpse of as to kind of how they gather their metrics because this is something i kind of want to take a look at because for me it's super interesting because you know i feel like we're like we're making a comparison on things that can't be comparable just yet well, I don't know if I go that far. I mean, you know, when 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 Disney openly reports that Mandalorian finale got 1.1 million views, and Netflix is like, Witcher got 70. Like that's a 
that's a big difference. And, yeah. and there is something to say of Disney, both of them are publicly traded companies. So it's one thing if they don't tell us anything. If they just go, numbers are good, we're happy. That's vague enough they can't get in trouble. But it's worth remembering that, like, if they say numbers are 70 million and they're actually 20, that's fraud because yeah, exactly. people are making investment decisions based on that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, wasn't there that Hillary Swank show? Space one that got canceled off of Netflix in the middle of the season airing. No, no, it was way after. I know which one you're talking about. Well, it wasn't way after, it was a week or two after the, the show came on. But they, that's they way after it, right? for streaming world. The world we live in now, Phil, it's now or never. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's it just took instant. them a year and a half to decide on Dark Crystal. <laughs> oh, well. Well, they were trying to they were trying to make it make money. They were trying to make it work. Yes, I know. Yeah, I, 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 they hey, wanted to do it. Snowpiercer has been renewed for a third season, and season two oh. starts tomorrow. So calm the fuck down yeah. there, Phil. Calm Jeez. the fuck down. Having said that, it's not a Netflix show. So no. it's TNT. It's someone else. It's just the yeah. Canadian rights are through Netflix. Like yeah, well, your favorite show, Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale season five drops. I know. Are you talking about away? Yeah, away. Yeah, away. Away. That was it. You know, man. It's so funny. I don't know. I I just have this love hate relationship with Netflix. When it's good, it's good. It was a month and a half later. Yeah, there we go. That the cancellation happened, and those numbers and reviews were atrocious. (laughs) People liked it. Yeah, that's the problem. People liked it. I guess they didn't like it enough because they didn't watch it. Yeah, like, like again, I always, I really dislike when people do that. They're like, well, people liked it. And I'm like, I don't know, man. It's got well, a 60. Yeah. yeah, it's got a 60% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. And a 58 from the critics. That's pretty close. Yeah. Um, yeah, here's the thing. I watched, like, two episodes. I yeah. thought it had promise, but I didn't go back and watch the rest of it. And then by there the time I felt like... <laughs> I know, but that that was on the show. It couldn't keep me. So I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> Do you hear yourself, too Phil? Much... No, I know. There's just so much competition, right? You only have so much TV yes, time. you're right. And then also, you go no. back to the show, all right? A month later, you go back to the show to sure. watch it and finish yes. it up. And it's already canceled. So I'm like, well, why the hell am I going to watch it now? Like, When did the I show come out? I was late to get to the party. And then I was, you know. I got distracted. I went back to it, and it's already being told that there's no season two. So why am I going to watch season one? Why yeah. am I going to finish no, it? No, I, I, I'm I sorry. Fully... I'm not going to dedicate three days of not working my full time job just so I can say I watched Hillary Swank in space. <laughs> I yeah, I, the, the oh, other side being though that cancellation doesn't mean cancellation anymore. Mm. Wow. Right? Think about the number of shows that have come back from cancellation at this point. Saved by the because Bell was also renewed for a second season at Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. I I fully understand what you mean, Phil. Uh, when did this show come yeah, out? Yeah, it, it's it's just context. It came out September fourth. Yeah. You see, like this is why, and week. I had a feeling that that's what it was. Remember when we had a couple weeks where things were starting to open up again here in Canada, here in the GTA. Mm -hmm. No one was fucking streaming anything because everyone was out on the streets (laughs) getting pissed drunk. Wrong. Yep. You're very wrong. 
Netflix numbers were still up even when lockdown started getting eased. Not, well, yeah, but we're I'm talking... talking about my personal experience and my circle's personal experience. Okay. Yeah. So people were doing stuff. They were. People... Guess what? I wasn't in front of my computer on a weekend for the entire day. I could go out. <laughs> but, a, so, but a lot of people still were. For four hours, I got to go out. And then were. I came home. Yeah, a lot of people still were. Tyler's right. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, guys. But the data was like more people are watching streaming, more people are binging still than did before pandemic, even places with no lockdowns. Well, just remember how we started this, where we reported that Netflix gained um, in that last. That's what I'm saying. I know, right? Netflix was gaining; like they're doing real good. So I don't know. It's taking a look. Premiere. What? Mm -hmm. Premiered September fourth. Cancelled October nineteenth. There you mm -hmm. go. I mean, I'm guessing it was in the shitter then. If it canceled that fast, for how much it yeah. probably cost to make. Yep. I just saw a lot of online reaction to it, too. And I know that I'd watched some of it. It wasn't necessarily my show. But I saw people reacting, going, what the hell? But like it, they were upset. I th I've, now, I've, I don't know if they watched it all, if they really loved it, if they didn't. My it was a deep analytic dive. It was an observation. Timeline. Of Q4 2020 is a little skewed right now, but around that time that they announced Away was being cancelled, I believe was also the the time, and you guys can keep me honest here, where Netflix went on a spree of just axing a shit ton of shows. Like, it was low, about there. Like, yeah. you know, God knows what else was, it was axed. And then the big running joke was, you know, after cancelling all these shows, they announced, hey, we're making an Assassin's Creed show. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they they have that. They have a cyberpunk show. I think a lot of those other shows, Netflix is like, what if we didn't pay for like any of the mark of the development, and it's yeah. just a marketing thing now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, yeah. And we like we talked a little bit about like what those numbers are for people, for example, watching Last of Us on YouTube instead of playing it. And it's like I found one video, a single video with thirty nine million views. Crazy. It's like, sure. Why not? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't Anyways, know. It's a weird world. It's, weird it world. is a real world. The streaming world is really weird. And, you know, again, we're going to be following this. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, it's, it is what it is. All right. So we're going to move on and we're going to be talking about big tech. And one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about over the past few weeks is the power of big tech. Um, you know, a lot of whether you agree with this view or not, I'm just bring this up. And that is, is big tech getting too much power in the world? You know, a good example of this is, you know, the bannings and as justified as they were, you know, there is a question to be asked on is big tech too powerful for itself? And I think another example of this is earlier this week, Google has threatened to pull its entire search engine from Australia. Um, on, and this happened on Friday where they threatened to make a search engine unavailable in Australia if the government went ahead with plans to make tech giants pay for news content. Yeah, and to be specific on that, the Australian government is asking for payments Mm -hmm. on just listing a link, which is what Google's uh, outrage is about. Just actually having a link to a news article, they want Google to pay. 
Yeah, Canada. It's only cents. It's only pennies or something like that. It's I, a small it, amount. It's fractions of a cent, I think, for yeah. like per impression, but it adds up. Yeah, uh, Canada yeah. has discussed a similar law. And I think it ended up being pretty dead in arrival. Like, I think they were like, what if we did this? And I think that they talked to a couple of tech people and they were like, well, here's what that means. And they were like, cool, not that then. <laughs> so that was yeah, DOA because that was when they were discussing in. the whole tax reform. Um, yeah. That was part of it. That was part of the original bill. Yeah, yeah they're really digging in. Like the PM is like, yeah. you've got money, pay it. Well, isn't the Australian like, Prime Minister a bit of a dickhead? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So uh, but, I, I think that it's it it's interesting that Google made this threat, right? Like, like imagine just stopping well, to Australia. Like, well, there's two sides to that, right? Of like duck, one duck, part of it is everybody. you can get around it. And and two, I think it's it's a lot of posturing and threats, right? And yeah. if we get to this back to this reality of if you talk about big techs, we're talking about like any major international company, and even really big anything, right? Even Walmart. If the United States doesn't want to enforce a rule on them, and the EU doesn't, and China doesn't, no one else has really enough sway to force a company to do anything anymore for a lot of these companies. Yeah, it, it's interesting in the sense that it's 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 the discovery that a lot of these services are pretty much essential services. And awesome. you're right, you're right. Like people get it confused with a, with they think it's a right, right? That's what we saw with Twitter and the bannings that went on there because they're like, well, my free speech is being curtailed, which we've discussed isn't. It's a private company. And things like that. So I understand it. It's just people's feelings about these companies. And the same thing about Google. And you're right. Three big superpowers, like three large countries, do have the ability to get them to change potentially. Mm -hmm. And these other countries can't, but it doesn't help people who feel, and I'm being devil's advocate here because it isn't necessarily my belief. Like, mm -hmm. oh, sure. There's yeah, a yeah. lot of stuff on the show. I'm saying stuff to provoke. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying like people they don't see it as a national thing. They see it as a service, right? And they go, yeah. I want to be able to say, I want to be able to Google my porn or whatever it is, right? Sure. I want to be able to Google my news. And you're telling me that because my government has decided that it wants to do that, I have to go use DuckDuckGo. Like, yeah. yeah. Just, it's just yeah. weird. It's just, you know, I, I can see their point. I, I, I'm like, yeah, you know. And these companies are absolutely... You know, look at what Microsoft is, did this week. They changed the entire structure planning of Xbox Live Gold. People freaked out in one day. Next day, apology. We're fixing it. Sorry. Yeah, we made a mistake. Sure. <laughs> I, you need to have enough of a customer base that is legitimately energized enough to do anything. And with the bigger the company is... And the more indirect their money making is, the harder it's going to be. Mm. So with Google, like, where does Google get their money? And it's from selling data about you is in, and selling advertisement, like selling your eyeballs. So, you know, as much as you're like, well, I'm not going to use Google. All those reports have come out of like, doesn't matter if your friend does, we know about you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, try to explain it to an 82 year old man. 
God, I can now. Yeah. I, I had to go through his Facebook stuff. Oh my gosh. I I I, I mean, I've had I had a customer in the store who used to work in tech not understand how Facebook and Google work. It was insane. Ugh. Oh, you'd be shocked yeah. how often that happens. Oh it, yeah, it's 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 bananas. But yeah. I, it's 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 a weird spot in the world. I I think you know people are waking up to it and they're they're acting legitimately shocked, and yet it all happened under their watch as far as political stuff yeah. goes on. You know what I mean? As, yeah. as Boris points out and whatnot about you know even a Pfizer factory based in Canada happened under a watch of government. You know what I mean? Like it's just hilarious because they've for years the governments and not any specific government has enabled these superpowers to, to be created yeah. in the tech industry. And now they're like, Oh my gosh, it's Frankenstein. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. I mean, we all, and I use, we very broadly here of like yeah. a lot of people bought in to the, the libertarian promise of the internet in the nineties of like, just let it be chaos and it's going to be fine. And it was like, geez, that may have been a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're and at a point where, you know, we're past the point of no return, in my opinion. You can't introduce mm -hmm. new bills that would um, curtail those powers now. Like, you can, but it's going to be, it's going to take a lot, it's going to be a lot more work to get those things passed. In oh, my yeah. Opinion. It's, the, it's the iceberg problem that I've mentioned before. The closer you are to the iceberg, the more you got to turn the ship. Because um, you, you, you can make progress. I mean, the EU introduced the right to be forgotten. And the EU was like, Google, you're going to play ball. And Google was like, yeah, we are for the EU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or um, is it GMDR? Whatever the European, hard, you have to be harder to track people rule. Yeah. I mean, but again, it's got to be like a big government. It's, it's interesting, though, in the sense that, well, I think someone got sued this week on the EU. Oh, Valve got hit with a penalty in the EU for geo for geo blocking. Yep. Right? Because the EU says you're not allowed to geo block because the EU is all one entity and you're yeah. treating it as countries. Yeah. It, it's, just, it, it's, it's fascinating to me. And that's part of the, the what you're talking about, Tyler. Yep. Is like you can do one thing to the world and have one little segment of it go, no, you can't. That's against the rules. It's such a tangled thing. Like what yeah. Boris is saying. You, it's so big now, even if you slap on limitations, there's mm -hmm. going to be growth points that come out of other areas around those limitations yeah. to make it mutate even more. It's like well, dealing with coronavirus or something. Well, like, well and that's you think you got it, it changes. And that's the reason why in the States, especially, we're starting to get we're starting to finally get pushed towards antitrust work, because like. You know, uh, mm hmm. I, uh, calling a spade a spade, China has demonstrated all but no interest in doing trust busting unless it runs counter contrary to the interests of the party. Yep. Um, and the EU has tried, but for what Amazon, Google, Facebook, Twitter are all in the states. So you know, if the EU says we're going to trust bust you, and they go like, "All right, then we'll just spin off the European functions." Like it. Mm -hmm. The unfortunate reality is, and. It, is that like the United States has become like the de facto decider in a bunch of international commercial questions, such as when do you break up, when do you charge companies with antitrust violations? And like we, it's happened in our lifetime. That was Microsoft in the nineties of yep. 
the American government came in and was like, you're too big. Chop, chop, chop. Yep. And that, like, that's, that is probably the easiest way to cut the Gordian knot. Whether that or not, was... you know, it, it's the right thing to do, but it's the probably the easiest solution. And then yep. you look at the new administration in the States, they're putting a finance person in that's anti, like, uh, anti-Bitcoin, anti- uh, well. That kind of thing. So now, uh, but I'm just so saying that now it's becoming. Oh, yeah. I know it's really complicated. Yeah. And I I can't even. I'm just putting it there in the sense that they're mm-hmm. starting to notice things, right? These anonymous well, things that the internet's kind of gotten away with. It's starting you know, to notice like, or finally caring to do anything. Yeah, bad things happen with crypto. What do you mean? <laughs> like, well, I mean, or the other side of it, which is they finally have the, have one party that controls. All of the government, and it's not just a, a shit show that nothing gets done. Yeah. Because whether or not you care about any particular political issue, very little actually got done in the States over the last four years. That yep. wasn't just executive orders. Yeah. Filibustering. Favorite word. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those new words in a lot of people's vocabulary. So, uh, uh, If you're American, you should know what filibuster means. Uh, yeah. God, goodness knows we use it up here a lot. Should, should, not should, do, should. should. A failure to know what a filibuster is if you're an American citizen is a failure of your education system. Because mm. it's been an integral part of your, your entire civic structure for 300 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's just interesting to kind of see, like, these types of stories kind of really making more and more headlines. Um just because, like, you know, it, 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 you have to ask that question. Are these tech companies bigger than governments? And, I'm, and I know that's, like, the extreme view, but, mm-hmm. you know, we rely on them so much. So having these tech companies and government play well together in the sandbox is vital to kind of our day-to-day lives, whether you think or not. It, it is. Yep. It's- All right. So, All over my newsfeed. Yep. So, James Bond, Uncharted, Ghostbusters, uh, Morbius, all have been delayed, delayed, delayed. Not to anyone's surprise. James Bond, isn't that done? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> or it's like in final edits. Well, oh, it's I, been I thought it was ready like for release done. since last April. Yeah, because yeah. they, they were shopping it. Like They were like, does yeah. somebody want to buy this? Yeah, but apparently <laughs> they were asking for an insane amount that no one was willing yep. to pay. So. Sure. Just like just like Godzilla versus Kong, or Kong versus Zilla, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so again, to no one's surprise, all these movies are being and, delayed. But here's and- the thing. All these things get delayed, yes. But look at what happened to Godzilla versus Kong. Got moved up once they've decided on something. So all of this news is extremely fluid. It it could be next week we report that James Bond is going to be streaming because X company paid a ludicrous amount. But that's the thing, right? Like it, they leave that door open because I think that's the route that all of these movies want to take. It's just a matter of whether they can get the deals in place or not. And remember, again, we're looking at worldwide um, distribution. So how it gets released in the States is obviously different in Canada. It's obviously different than, you know, Europe. It's obviously different in Asia where you can actually go and watch a movie for the most part. So yeah, it's, it's 
these delays are opening the doors for additional negotiation. Yeah, it, it creates controversy, it gets people talking, and the movies are done. That's the most important thing. When you tell me the Batman gets delayed because of production issues due to COVID-19, I go, oh crap, that, that's, that's, a, that's an impactful delay. When the movies are in the can and you see this news, it's just bullshit posturing to get a deal done, to get further negotiation mm-hmm. at the table. Because I go, look, it's trending on Twitter. <laughs> that means people will pay. Give us more money. It's just leverage tactics to me. That's the weird thing that's developed since COVID. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. All right, guys. One last thing before we go, and that is MCU and specifically our WandaVision spoiler-free review of Episode 3. Guys, what did you think of it, Tyler? I love this show. So good. Yeah, same here. So good. I really, really like it. Um, I've talked to a couple people, and you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. And I think Phil put it best because this has been how I've been explaining it, and it's a slow burn, right? The payoff is going to be there. It's the MCU. I have no doubt that there's going to be a major payoff at the end of this. Um, And for the first time, I feel lucky being a wrestling fan because wrestling is built on slow burns and slow, slow storytelling. Um, So I finally feel vindicated for being a wrestling fan all these fucking years because I am now trained to wait for that payoff. Um, (laughs) It's true, though. It's true. Sure. Slow, slow burn. The yeah, slow right. burn. You know? In wrestling, it's like, well, what do we do? Well, let's just do a little bit and then fight. <laughs> but you get a like you get in the, the 80s, of the fight. Come on. But in the 80s, you had a year-long build-up to a storyline. Like, if you take a look at uh, Hogan fair. versus Macho Man it, from WrestleMania yeah. 4, you started planting the seeds of their match for WrestleMania 5. A fucking year. A year yeah, but you build can up. still go and watch Hulk Hogan like every week. But it's a build <laughs> up for the main event. <laughs> That's, That's what fair. I mean. Like, yeah, you see these guys often. You can see many episodes of WandaVision. But what I'm talking about is like for the final payoff, the payoff being wherever the fuck WandaVision is going, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's little by little, you know. And yeah. I think this week, <laughs> I think this week we got like a pretty big view into kind of the where things are going but mm-hmm. um yeah it's just i'm really liking the show a lot um and i know that a lo- this show is not for everyone and phil yeah. you were saying that like tell the I, audience I, about I some kn- of the things you've the reactions you've i know seen. for myself i'm in the same boat as boris maybe i don't love it as much as you guys but I'm willing to watch it because I know it's going to get good at some point. And I, it, it's not a huge eyeball drag on me. It, it, there are things that make me happy with it just by the virtue of it, its existence. Now, out of what I'm seeing on Twitter and out of fans that maybe aren't as involved in Marvel at all, like like one of these fans came to me after... I don't know how long, and he goes, hey, Black Panther was actually good. I was shocked as shit. He even watched Black Panther, but it was only because it got on a list 
of best movies for the Oscars. Uh, he decided he was going to go watch it, and he liked it, right? Mm-hmm. But he's not going to go back and watch all of the MCU or anything. He just watches that. Now, he started watching WandaVision, and yeah. he comes to me this week, and he says, WandaVision, I'm not going to bother watching it. Like, it's not doing anything for me. And I think he might catch him on the nostalgia. I thought it might catch him on the nostalgia because he's an older person. But nope, it's not resonating at all with him. And I'm like, okay, fair. And I'm seeing that today when I'm sitting down in the morning eating my leftover pizza. That I just see a lot of people on Twitter, the lover hate polarizations of this show. You know, there's a, there's definitely a, a viewpoint where people are frustrated with the slow burn. And maybe the domestic aspect of the show. And they're waiting for something. Like, I, I think that those people come back to the show when you have an episode that hits. Yeah. Then, then, then they might go back and watch them all. I, and I that's think exactly Because one of the things I was Wanda-ing. See what I did Boo! Um, Boo! Is, you know... <laughs> Shut up, it gets his <laughs> listens. Um... <laughs> Is you know that's what I th- y'all want audience. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you know this show seems to be built on a binge watch, right? I think a lot of people and mm. just where a lot of people yeah. go to now is they're gonna want to wait and they're gonna binge watch the entire season. And you're gonna see Phil that a lot of people who are iffy on it, yeah. they're gonna go back, watch and binge the entire thing. They're gonna say, okay, yeah. that was good. Yep. I also think the other side is we're starting to see what we what Disney Marvel said they were going to do of after Infinity War, it's going to be less of you have to watch everything. Yes. Yeah. I didn't say it in those words, but it's pretty obvious. Like we're in a different sub arcs. That's what we're getting towards. And we're starting to see that. It was always the way Star Wars has been, right? Of like, you're Mm -hmm. not going to watch all the shows. Most of you. And I think that's what they're going towards. It's a little bit of... And there are people who are going to, and that's fine too. It's, you know, different... Yeah, don't need to. Styles. Different Mm -hmm. genres. I don't like every genre out there, you know, so I might not necessarily, you know, this is not my personal view, but let's let's talk about She-Hulk, for example, right? Everyone says that's going to be like a legal drama. You know, that might not be the sitcom that... WandaVision is trying to be, right? So all these shows are super different. If we look at Hawkeye, that's going to be an action-adventure. So that's going to be your action-adventure shoot 'em up that a lot of people want. Same with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? So it's these different genres, and unless, you know, if you have that connection with these characters, you're going to probably check it out. But I don't think people are going to like everything that the MCU gives you. And that's not to say that the MCU is going in a bad direction, it's that they're trying to capture as many people humanly yep. possible in these shows as they can. Well, and we already saw it happening. It was just, did you know, a lot of them had more, like, but people even said, like, what was it? Uh, Civil, no, Winter Soldier was like a 1970s spy thriller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We had Winter Soldier, yeah. which was that spy thriller. We had Ant-Man, yeah. which was that, um, uh, heist. the heist, heist movie, you know, we started seeing Heck. it. We had the comedy in in Guardians of the Galaxy. So we started seeing this, but now it's like because I guess because it's now in short form TV or short form, um, you know, it, it, we'll see where this kind of goes, right? Like in terms yeah, of and Kevin. These Kevin Feige pointed out 
that he's going to be actively instructing people. If you want to be able to knit together the story, these are your must watches on the TV side. Yeah. Like Disney are going to be in your face about it and say, you don't have to watch all this stuff. You can yeah. just watch these three things and you're going to, you're going to be able to go into this with no problem. Yep. Hey, so yeah. welcome. It's welcome to being a comic book reader since the 2000s where, you know, wait, it's, it's these, wait. this web of releases that may or may not come together. Tyler, what were you saying? With with the other side being there's also a lot much more robust ecosystem now of YouTubers and uh-huh. reviewers and commentators that either you can consume instead of watching the show, or who are gonna tell you like, here are what here's what to look for. And they're gonna give you those takes above and on top of Disney, which in turn gives Disney free advertising. Yep. Hey, we did it with Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um you know speaking of the comics in the two thousands, thanks to these guys, I I told them, hey, I got to Marvel Unlimited. What should I read? And Boris throws out a little hook, oh, Civil War. So what do I do? Oh. Civil War in Marvel Unlimited, and it goes, you know, do you want to read the comic books called Civil War, or do you want to read the story arc called oh. Civil War? And I'm like, I want to read the story arc. I'm a oh, completionist. God. Oh, oh my god, dear that's so big. I'm oh sorry. my god. I'm that's like six issues in. Event. Yeah. I'm reading Fantastic Four. I'm yep. reading uh, Spider-Man. I'm reading like Thor. I'm yep. like unbelievable. And then there's all the stuff that I didn't really realize, like the X-Men yep. and all this stuff because they don't have the limitations that Disney has on the MCU yeah. or had. So now it's a completely different dynamic as a fan of the civil war cinematic mm-hmm. push where i'm like oh my god what's logan gonna do and yeah. what's the fantastic four gonna do and what's this entity's opinion on this and what's it's wow it's mind-blowing yeah, yeah i mean about that civil war is probably one of the best marvel events there's ever been yeah um it's solid and it, it's very post 9-11. Like, I don't know if you were... Like, it's very post-9-11 to go reread it. Yeah, yeah we gave you a good list. There's some good stuff there. Oh, yeah. It is very much a critique. Again, comics have never been political, but it is very much <laughs> a commentary and critique on um, yeah. the use of skills, weaponry, and stuff in a post-9-11 situation and the tension between government oversight and individual rights. Crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff, these comic books. I'm telling you, these funny books. It's a, it's a testament, like, for a, a guy who was in it and got out of it and is going back into it. It's pretty amazing, the snapshot that I'm getting right now. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm also reading The Vision. The Tom King run. The Tom King, yeah. yeah. Just, to, just because I know we have some friends out there in the podcast world who are doing work on it and are probably going to come talk to us about WandaVision, so... I thought, heck, I'm gonna have to do some reading on Vision, and maybe it'll help me appreciate WandaVision a little bit more. Yeah, and it's been weird. <laughs> it's a very that first weird. issue. I'm like, okay, okay, and then it ends, and you're like, what the hell just happened? Yep. Okay, this is going places. Interesting. That's how Fight Club Two felt. And they were out around the same time, so it was a very interesting time for comics, where it's like, oh what the God. fuck did I just read? Then Fight Club 3 happened. Yeah. 
Well, what, what happened? Is Fight Club Three something? Okay, that's what I was wondering. Thank you. I mean, Fight Club Two started good, then just that happened. Well, <laughs> they they did certain things that like no one should ever do in anything. Wait, what? You think it's not good to literally write yourself into the comic? about your inability to end the comic and then shit on your audience for wanting an ending to the comic. Yes. <laughs> I am Jack's umblagana. Dude, it's... <laughs> Phil, you have no God. idea. Like, we used to rave about that on the first incarnation of this show. And then literally one week it was, so this happened, and we never talked about it again. <laughs> Wait, okay, look, the first... I think the first two or three issues three. showed insane promise and like we're doing these really interesting things and then it just became fuck you why do you want you don't deserve endings from me and it was like chuck your accountant stole a lot of money you need to finish this comic <laughs> yeah. um you know honestly i felt like he in his mind he thinks he's david lynch you know and David Lynch mm. is known to not give people endings, especially if you look at like, um, yeah, David Lynch doesn't give you endings. <laughs> so, uh, well, no, David Lynch gives you. <laughs> here's my difference. I think is I think that David Lynch gives you an ending, but it's not the ending you want, and it's not yeah. necessarily like it's a neat ending. It's just he ends things. Yeah. yeah, and it's very much like put the fucking pieces together, you idiot. Versus Chuck Palahniuk thinks he is and doesn't. Well. The other thing about David Lynch is that he gives you so many, like, you know, just false things in there, false flags, that it's just like, good luck trying to piece everything together. It's like Watchmen did it, you know? Like, okay, whatever happened to that bendy guy that went into the sewer in Watchmen, you know? Things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, David Lynch gives you all the pieces, and he's like, put them together. Yeah, pretty much. All right, guys, I think that is that. <laughs> so, Phil, can you tell our listeners how they can send us uh, uh, their, their thoughts, feedbacks? their muses? Their thoughts, their, their feedbacks? Their feedbacks. Oh. Their feedbacks. We like feedbacks. Um, yeah, you can you can track us down at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can look us up on all of your favorite big media socials, like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at It's Canon Podcast. Email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. And you could subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you find podcasts, Audible, or even on Audible. You're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen this week. We really do appreciate it. And uh, make sure you click subscribe and uh, leave a rate and review on any of the apps that allow you to. It's greatly appreciated. Yep, exactly. Thank you so much, Phil. And thank you to all of our listeners for giving us, you know, the time in your week, in your podcasting rotation to listen to us, to send feedback, to talk with us, and whatever else it is you want to do with that. Don't, oh, I'm just going to stop that before I get carried away. Um, yep. <laughs> no, I'm, just, oh, no, I'm keeping you honest. I know where you were going to go. I wasn't and going I was there, but as on. I'm talking, I'm like, oh, this is not sounding good. This is not sounding good. <laughs> and I can't edit this because the music is playing. So, anyways, Here guys, um, yeah, there's a lot of fun things coming out in the next few weeks. So, I think, you know, a lot of the, some people have been asking, where are your specials? Where are your interviews? We're getting there. We're just taking a slow 
start back into 2021. We have a lot of stuff planned for you. We have specials coming up. We're even going to be talking about sports in some shape, way, or form and having a sports special. So in the next few weeks, we will be getting back to two episodes a week. But for now, you know, hopefully everyone is enjoying our uh, focused news episode. And then uh, that's pretty much it. So we are the... It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things, everything. The best part of it all is that it's all in canon. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. Good night. <laughs>